Hello, 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 Fierce Tribe. Welcome to the I Am Fierce podcast. I am Emma Ocha, your host, friend, and sister from another mister. This podcast is all about learning your value, owning your space, and knowing who the fuck you are. In a world where everyone is hiding behind some kind of filter, my goal is to help you realise your full potential and reclaim your power through empowering your man. Ain't no bullshit here, it's time to get fierce, fired up and free. I am an empowerment coach and I am here to tell you, you are more than enough. And I cannot wait to jump into today's episode with you. What is poppin', my loves, and welcome back to the I Am Motherfucking Fierce podcast with your host, your gal, your sister from another mister, Emma Ocha, all the way from Lil' Scotland. It's truly been a hot minute since my last drop. Um, why? Why has it been a hot minute? Well, like most of us, life has got in the way. Or I got in the way of life. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. I've had a whirlwind of changes happening in my own life, in my business. Um, So you know the script by now. Grab your snacks and tea. Get comfy hens because this is some juicy motherfucking tea that you don't want to miss. You don't want to be doing other things. Other things when you're trying to listen. So... um, Unless you're like running and you're getting the rage out, then be my guest. So I have titled today's Power Juice session episode as dealing with a narcissistic ex. Because that's right, you guessed it, in one. He came back, didn't he? Well, he tried to come back. The thing he did not count on was how much I have evolved into this bad-ass, boss-ass bitch who knows who the fuck she is. You know what's so funny? I really didn't know how far I had come until he tried to re-enter my mental bliss domain. You feel me? I feel in life, whatever you believe, whatever you believe in, let's say the universe to keep it PG, (laughs) it sends you an array of fucked-up tests But do you notice the majority of them are the same damn tests in different forms? Do you actually notice that? I feel as I've started to see, sorry about the sirens in the background, but we real here, we real AF. But like I was saying, I feel as I've started to see a lot of growth and engagement with my empowerment brand, which is called Find Your Fierce. I guess I allowed myself to put this like inhumane pressure to not fuck up. What do I mean by this? I didn't want to do anything that questioned my integrity, intentions or transparency. I've now become a sort of support and awareness safe safe place for knowing your worth, healing from abusive relationships and finding your power to find in your voice. So to have my ex come back into my life like that in any capacity seemed to be a fail for me. And I think that's important to mention these really debilitating, insanely over-the-top pressures that we put on ourselves to be perfect when 
perfect doesn't exist. So if we know logically it doesn't exist, then what the fuck are we shooting for? Like, who are we trying to impress? And that was my main question to myself. But the this is the thing we need to stop living by perceived presumptions of others' opinions of how our life lessons should go. I had communication with my ex and realised real quick how dull, disassociated and disappointing he truly was as a potential anything in my life. I found myself, like, I found myself saying, why am I even responding at this stage? Because the man cannot even hold a conversation together. Never mind anything remotely meaningful. And I know you feel me deeply on this one. I'm now going to be fully transparent. Um, I know I'm fully transparent, but like I'm going to be 110% transparent as I feel the lesson needs this level of detail for you to really be able to translate how I, I keep getting distracted, honestly, nothing changes in my life. <laughs> but I feel this lesson needs this level of detail so that you can really be able to translate and resonate how I found this freeing realisation that has literally, literally rid me of the rooted bond I had to him. Like, sister, I don't know if you're ready for this tea because if you really listen carefully and can relate to this, can relate this to your own life, you will be able to push that off switch to stop feeling anything to someone who's making you lose who you are on a daily basis. I know the phone keeps going off. I need to silence this bitch. Okay, that's continuing. I'm just keeping this in the recording because, you know, I need to get this out. You know the feeling I'm talking about, yeah? We know, we get the gist. We get the gist, Emma, right? So moving on. So I want you to think of someone you liked or currently are obsessed with, that treated you like a piece of shit on their shoe, yet you stayed, yet chased them, yet fought for their never-to-be-found love, I have the secret to eradicating that tie. I really, really do. So after six days of dull chat and big man chat, of all the things he wanted to do to me, I decided to take the ball into my own court. Now, as a disclaimer... I am not suggesting you invite your ex back into your life for anything, specifically not closure, because you won't find it. I'm just sharing my own experience of how I ended a five-year trauma bond, which I made the real mistake of thinking that it was a connection that kept me stuck in, a, in longing for too long. So he kept asking to come over, and I called his bluff. I said, come after 8pm. You can stay and you can go to work from here. I'm not bothered. That's when the texts went a little dry or longer response time. Now, it's important to note here why they went dry, because he needed time to figure out his next move. You see, this is why it's never easy with a narcissistic partner. What we perceive is straightforward and a win-win, they don't get off to that. And I know it's fucked up, isn't it? To us, why would he not want what he has been cracking on about in Texas for a week's holiday? Because it does not fill his or their supply up if you are content, confident and secure in who you are. They really, they truly, really need to get you 
into like a vulnerable position. So they, they need you to be vulnerable, break you and have you dependent on them before they can get a hard on mentally and physically. That is what makes it such a fucking roller coaster shitstorm when you're trying to figure them out. Now back to the story. I hear nothing for an hour. Then I say, you lost, question mark. Nothing for another 30 minutes. And bam, he says, I've not left yet, ha. Thought I had time to meal prep before. Again, let's please note here, sisters, he was looking for a reaction, one which he did not get. My response was cool. Let me know when you're on your way. Now, again, at this point, let's note, sisters, that I knew I wasn't going to be able to go through with anything physically. I was so numb to him and thought, well, at this point and at this rate, I might as well see this from a social experiment perspective, as this is, in fact, the end of this bond. He then texts 30 minutes later, do you mind that I won't be staying overnight? Again, looking for me to lose my shit and lose my mind and feel lost. Feel like, you know, like, oh no, he's going to leave after being with me, after us being intimate. So my response was, thank you for checking, but no, I'm good, thanks. Another 20 minutes go, couldn't speak. Another 20 minutes goes by and I say, where are you? He says, 20 minutes later, sorry for the hold up, winky face. I say nothing. Now, he arrives at the door. I open the door to a shell of the person that I remember being obsessed with. Now, again, let me just interject as this is important to understand why I see a different man at my door. It is because I am different. I mean, he's a little different too, but I'm different. I've seen this man for all he was, which wasn't much. And it was at this moment it came to me I had created a deep-rooted trauma bond to him, not a connection, but a trauma bond. And it was blinded to who he actually was. It was really good for expanding your friend circle, starting again, or starting a side hustle, which then usually with my sisters turn into businesses, which is just incredible to see. I love you all from the deepest part of my soul. In the next episode this week, I will be surprising you with uh, my recent surgery, which was a breast augmentation. Uh, I've never had surgery before. Um, so you can get all that juice on this. Um, I will be talking about body confidence and finding yourself. Um, but as always, my loves, have a good one. And I will see you in the next episode. So you, you need to prioritize investing your mind over anything else to start off with before the body before the attention before all the things invest in your mind okay these bullshit excuses like oh, I'm not ready to go back I don't want to sit in pain too long it's not the right time I don't have the money but yet you've got money to waste on shit that does not fix the rooted cause yeah, it doesn't even treat the symptom at this rate. Think all the money you spend on your nails, your hair extensions that need to be have the upkeep, the Balenciagas that you need to pay off for 12 months, the red bottoms that no one gives a, sh a shit about. Um, just the, the constant upkeep, the going out every weekend, the drinking, the things that don't exactly bring long-term happiness into your life, but you will fight yourself on investing in your mind 
because what is not tangible? It's time to stop the bullshit and actually invest in your mind because you don't have time for another narcissistic prick in your life. Let's be real. So a true connection is shared. It is not one-sided. It is two people giving and being able to receive love without any facade. They have a strong sense of self independently and can self-analyse right and wrong. Now, this is my own opinion of what a true connection is and should be and should feel like. So back to the story. He came in and was super eager to kiss me and was intense with the eye contact, desperately searching to see if the weak, vulnerable version of me was still able to be ignited. But she was long dead, bitch. And a new woman, version 2.0, stood in front of him, unaffected by his advances. We sat down and he said nothing, like serial killer vibes. I was like, he has actually nothing to offer a conversation at all. Nothing. How eerie is that? Just someone, nothing to say, like just silence. He proceeded to try and undress me. I said I wanted to slow down and have a drink first, talk, etc. Because I'm still trying to work out this situation as well because I wasn't used to him being so forthcoming, so warm, so eager. He's always very cold, disassociated. He got up from me with speed and with a cold, dead look in his eyes, he just said, I'm going to the toilet, get a drink then. After a weird amount of time in the toilet, I offered a call of, you okay in there, aka, what the fuck? He came out with the familiar cold disdain I remembered so fondly. He sat looking forward, we tried to kiss, and I pulled back and he said, do you feel awkward? I tried to lie while I thought of a way to really get out of the situation, and I said, now wait, do you? Never thinking for a million years he would do this, but he said, in fact, yeah, I do. I could see in his eyes he was genuinely unsure why he fell off towards me. Because this is the thing with narcissists as well, you always have this insane sexual chemistry, right? And you always think that you're the special one. They make you feel like you're the one. I've always had this thing, I can't, I can't resist you. We'll always have this insane chemistry. It's not chemistry, it's not a connection, it's a trauma bond. And in this case, because he had no other cards to play, he went for the jugular. Um, yeah, he went for the jugular and he said, well, I don't know why I'm feeling like this, but I just feel off. Um, just don't really know what it is. And honestly, for once I had the power in that moment because I knew exactly why he felt weird and off. I was a completely strong woman now. He did not know how to deal with that. He wasn't getting the high narcissistic supply from me that he once relished in. You see, he has no sense of self and has to get his value supply form, um, from sorry, others losing theirs. So my mere presence was killing his vibe. And I'm not going to lie, for a moment... I did allow his manipulations to get into my mind because guess what, I'm human and survived a lot of abuse from him, mental, emotional abuse. And I thought, oh my God, are you not attracted to me? As I sat there vulnerable um, and he smirked and grabbed my hands, deeply looking in my eyes, no Emma, it's not you. How could I not be attracted to you? You look better now than you did then. It's not that. I just don't know. Maybe I just don't feel that that connection's now there as he smiled looking for my breakdown to fill him up with admiration and power. But as it kicked me in the gut, 
I was almost in that victim mentality. But then I, I quickly did remember who the fuck I is and who I am now. And I seen the situation for what it was. And I just said, well, it sounds like you're saying you want to leave. And at the end of the day, I'll leave out his name. You need to do what's best for you. He said, have I ruined your night? Smiling, like actual smiling, staring at me, like into my eyes, desperately looking. And I just did not waver because I genuinely didn't care. He said, I want you to know I never meant to hurt you back then. Well, looking buzzing at the idea of hurting me. He kept going on about this, have, um, have I ruined your night? Have I upset you? And I just looked at him and I said, do you want me to be upset? Is, is that what the gist is here? Um, and he says, no, not at all, like laughing. And he said, um, you want to punch me in the face, don't you? Smiling again. And my inner queen whispered to me, bitch, get up, show no vulnerability and guide his ass to the door. So I said, looking directly forward, I feel no anger towards you, honestly. At the end of the day, you need to do what you need to do. I just don't really get why you've talked this big game and then came round here. Well, how was I meant to know until I seen you? They always have answers for you, right? He then, he then asked, right, get this. I mean, actually, wait for this shit. He then asked, I mean, I don't know, Emma. I just don't know. Maybe we could get a drink again and maybe just relax when I'm not feeling so tense. But, yeah, I don't really know. And he's looking at me and he's like hanging around, havering, and I'm like, I didn't say anything. He went, is that a No. And I was like, yeah, that won't be happening with me, I'm afraid, because what's different about that future situation to now? I says, it's pretty straightforward, and I wasn't aware tonight was about emotions. Glad I got that, that one in. So I walked him to the door. He asked for a hug. I stood frozen. He said, that was a fake hug. I closed the door, blocked him, and slept with my eyes open that night. I felt so numb with trauma, and I said to myself, you know, Emma... This is, this is going to hurt. But you need to face severing this bond. So in the morning, his presence had truly and utterly left my heart, my head and my soul. I tell you all this not for a debate on my choices or, or my, my own opinions, but to highlight the lesson here, which is everyone's lives are subjective you will never know what I went through and how I had to survive and vice versa. I knew I didn't want this man holding my heart and my spirit back any longer, but deep down, the only person to hold me back was myself. So I had to face the realisation that I actually never had love or a connection with this man. He was not a god, a hunk or anything special. He was a mere man with absolutely nothing to offer me and nothing I was attracted to anymore. I had built this version of him in my head and become addicted to this ill treatment of me. Due to childhood trauma, I felt this insane need to be accepted by him and work him out and be the one to soften him. We always want to be the one that is special, the one to change them. And you'll be there to your dying day. Um, so what I've done is I've attached in the show notes an amazing article um, that explains what a trauma bond is, how it feels, how to spot the traits and how to disarm it. 
but I will speak on some points just now that will pique your damn interest. So imagine you're with a partner who's abusive, they're degrading you verbally, they're playing psychological mind tricks, they're gaslighting you into doubting your own reality, they're even using violence or threatening violence in order to scare you or control you, yet you feel a pull to stay with them, you feel bad for them, they had a rough childhood and are dealing with mental illness or addiction or they're promising to change all the time, what you're feeling may not be as much sympathy as it is something else that some experts in the field of domestic violence refer to as trauma bonding. In this specific article, it's saying you're not alone. It's common for victims of domestic violence to find themselves trapped with an abusive partner because of this. So their definition of trauma bonding is trauma bonding is a type of attachment that one can feel towards someone who's causing them trauma. It brings with it not only feelings of sympathy, compassion and love, but also confusion and, and just really not knowing what the hell's going on. Um, here, domesticshelters.org shares that it can become a cycle of, if I'm loved, I'm abused, it's my fault and I need to please them. Many don't even make the connection that they are in fact being abused. So some signs of trauma bonding um, that are quite useful here. If you think you might be experiencing trauma bonding with an abusive partner, read through this list of signs and see how many sound familiar. You feel stuck and powerless in the relationship but want to make the best of it. You don't know if you trust the other person, but you can't leave. You'd describe your relationship as intense and complex. There are promises of things getting better in the future, always, but they never do. You focus on the good in the person despite their behavioural traits. Um, you know that their behavioural traits are actually, in fact, abusive. You think that you can change your abusive partner. Your friends and family have advised you leave the relationship, but you stay. Another point here is possibly that you've been isolated from your family and friends. Um, you find yourself defending the relationship if others criticise it, even if it's rightly so. Um, the abusive partner consistently lets you down, but you believe them anyway. So why do we experience trauma bonding? So why does it happen? How does it happen? And a few of the points that stuck out to me were childhood abuse, survival technique and obligation. So this is something that I'm going to, I'm going to reference this article in the show notes if you want to have a good read through it all on your own and take some notes of the red flags um, as always, my loves, if you've enjoyed this episode, please share on your stories on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, even LinkedIn or Twitter and leave a review. It takes two minutes and helps me reach more women who feel like they have no one. It really costs you nothing to pass on something that could really help someone remember who they are. Um, if you want to chat to me, let me know how you find the episode. Find me on Instagram at Emma Ocha. So E-M-M-A-O-C-H-I-A underscore or TikTok finding your fierce for links to the free communities or joining any of my programs to level up your life and take back your control. I work with women internationally who then create their own communities and make real life soul systems. 
all about expanding the friend circle and leveling the fuck up. Um, I would love, 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 love to see you all at the next in-person, you heard it here first, in-person, live, confident women empowerment event coming to you to Glasgow. Couldn't get the words out there. The last one was Manchester. We had it in the Edwardian Hotel. It was a class day. It was a class moment. An amazing night. Um, Friendships were made. Glasgow is going to be off the chain. Y'all are wild. It's my hometown and already most of the tickets have gone. I've added additional tickets in. Please get it. It's on the 27th of November this month and it's held in the Corinthian Club on the 27th from 12 to 4. Get yourself there. Don't wait to December the 26th to start. Oh, new year, new me. This is going to be my year. No, it's not. It's not. I'm here to tell you, you've been bullshitting yourself for too long and it's time to make a change. Look forward to something. The 27th is a Saturday. Let's go. You've got a few weeks. Get your ticket. Tell your pals. But to be honest, a lot of the women that have been messaging me the past few days when they've been getting their ticket have said, I'm buzzing to come to this, but before I get my ticket, can I tell you I'm coming coming on my own? And I was like, I never thought about that being a vulnerability, but it's so true. The best, the best thing you can do is come on your own because you're coming with freedom. You won't have to worry about saying something out of turn, thinking about that other person's feelings. Um, will they agree with me? How are they feeling? You'll be concentrating solely on your own experience and your own realisations. So if you want the tickets, I'll link it in the bio as well, which will be in the show notes next to the article, my loves. I love you all from the deepest part of my soul. The next episode this week, I will be surprising you with all the recent updates on my surgery, which was a breast augmentation at the beautiful Cosmedicare Hospital, the new St. Aylan's Hospital. So you can get all the juice on this. I will be talking about body confidence and finding yourself. I will see you on the next episode, my girl. <laughs>